Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Amen. Well, this morning, um, we're going to start a new series, and, and this is, series is going to be called This Is Us. This Is Us. Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about uh, who are we as Faith for Life. People who are, are, when we say Faith for Life, we're not talking about this building, we're not talking about this location, we're talking about us, believers who are connected here, who call this your church home. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And so, over the next several weeks, we're going to look at some of our core values. We're going to see who we are as people of faith and who we strive to be. So this morning, um, I have an awesome team that's helping me uh, with this. And so I have this illustration, if I can remember exactly how they told me to do this. I think, I think I got this. I think I got this. So, um, if you're anything like me and, and, and pretty much the rest of United States, uh, right now you have a lot of things coming at you. You have a lot of decisions to make. You have a lot of, um, opportunities to to make choices and and develop how you're going to think about certain things about certain situations there's just a lot going on we might say there's a lot on our plates I know this is true for me there's a lot of different things uh, that are coming at me there's a lot of different things that I'm juggling and I'm sure that you guys are the same and so what happens is um, these things that come at us we have uh, we have some some noodles here these things that come at us they they come at us, and they come, and they come, and they come, and they're, they're coming into our mind. They, they may be coming into our eyesight or, or our, our heart even, uh, maybe into our ears. They're, they're coming at us, and there's all these issues, you know, uh, coronavirus, um, systemic injustice, uh, election coming up, um, finances, uh, health, you know, wearing masks and washing your hands and how close can I get and all of these things. Um, all of these things, the uncertainty of the future, they just keep coming and they keep coming and they keep getting, if you will, poured into our cup. Now, what, what you have here is you have some water with some green coloring in it and you have some noodles, right? And these, these, are, these are all together here in this, in this jar, in this pitcher. And, and I don't know about you, but there's so many times in my life, especially right now, where I, I feel like this is like my mind, right? Like all this stuff has come in, and it's just kind of come in, and it's just in there with all this other stuff that was in there. Uh, the noodles kind of sank to the bottom, and, and, and I feel like that at times. Like, man, all these principles and things that, I, that I've wanted to, to do and we've wanted to do in our lives, like those things just feel like they're kind of sink to the bottom because all this other stuff just keeps coming in. And you have all this stuff coming in. And, and what happens is you have to do something with it because if I kept putting water and kept putting these noodles in here, eventually this would fill up and it would overflow, right? And, and that could be good depending on the example. For this example, that's not good because that gets to a place where we can't handle everything that's coming in. But you know, all these noodles that are poured in here, they're not all good. Everything that you're hearing right now, it's not all good. Everything that you're seeing right now, it's not all good. Everything that you're thinking about right now, it's not all good. And God doesn't want us to just accept everything into our picture that the world throws our way. 
He doesn't want everything that's trying to come in to be allowed in. We are not designed nor created to be able to handle everything that's tried to be poured into our cup. But so many people, so many Christians, so many believers, we, we just, we take this and we say, this is us. This is us. I got, I got the water. I got the noodles. I got some good. I got some bad. I got some junk. I got some righteousness. I got some, I got some Jesus and I got some me and I got some of my family and I got, I got all this stuff. God never intended for us to just allow everything to come into our, our hearts, our minds, our cups. So then the question becomes, because we see it, we hear it, it's in the cup. It's in the picture. Like if you're trying to ignore <laughs> the coronavirus, I, I don't know how that's possible. If you're trying to ignore the systemic injustices that we're watching on our TV and seeing on social media, I mean, I guess you might be able to do a better, I mean, people are claiming they're doing a better job of that than others. Uh, but, but, you know, if, if you're trying to just simply ignore what's going to happen in a month or six months or 12 months, are we going to be wearing masks forever? You know, like, I don't know how you do that. All of this has gotten into our cup. And God doesn't want all of this in our cup. All of this is not designed to be in our cup. We need a filter to be able to filter the things that have come into our cup with the things that stay in our cup. We need some way of saying, okay, I've seen this, I've heard this, I'm thinking about this, I'm concerned about this, or I'm happy about this, but God, I need it to be filtered through you. I, I need you to be able to separate the noodles from the green water. I need you to separate the positive from the negative. I need you to separate the righteous from the unrighteous. I, I need to know what's allowed in my, my cup and what doesn't have any business being in my cup. And we need a filter. So let's see. This should be a filter where we pour this in and the, all the noodles and all the junk is caught in the filter. So we're taking everything that we've seen, everything that we've heard, everything that we're thinking about, everything that we're worried about, we're pouring it through this filter. The filter is catching the junk and the mess, the unrighteousness, the lies, the hypocrisy, the evil. We're catching it and we're not allowing that into our hearts. We're not allowing that into our jars. We're not allowing that to continue to remain a part of who we are and how we think and what we do. We have to be able to separate the junk before it gets into our hearts. Because if this gets into our hearts, we've read this many times over the last several days on, on YouTube and, and even in services in Proverbs chapter 4. What you allow into your eyes and what you allow into your ears, it gets down into your heart. If you focus on it, if you concentrate on it, if you don't filter it, it gets down into your heart. And if it gets down into your heart, the Bible tells us that it produces the issues of your life. So the issues of your life are a direct reflection of what you've allowed into your heart. What you've allowed into your heart is a direct reflection of what you have focused on and what you've listened to. What you have filtered or what you have failed to filter. So we have to filter. So, so, so this is us. Who are we? We are people 
that faith is the filter of our life. That faith is the filter of our lives. That when all this junk is poured in here, that we don't allow it just to go straight into our heart. We put this filter called faith and we pour everything that's in us through that filter and whatever makes it through is what gets into our heart. That's who we are as believers, as people of faith for life. And today I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 4 because Jesus gives us the greatest example of this. He gives us the greatest example of this in Matthew chapter 4. Um, Jesus had just actually uh, been baptized and, and the Father uh, through uh, the Spirit comes and descends on him and says, you know, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. So Jesus is now, I mean, he's ready, he's baptized, he's ready to go do everything God wants him to do and everything he was set on the earth to do. And then in uh, Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 it says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now this is amazing because the Spirit led him into the wilderness. The wilderness was a place without resources. The wilderness was a dangerous place. When you actually read in John chapter 4 of this account, it says that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. So this wasn't like he got it wrong. This was he was full of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit led him into a place of wilderness to, here's the reasoning, be tempted by the devil. <laughs> that will mess with your theology. Jesus gets baptized. God says, this is my son. I am well pleased in him. It's time for him to go and do his ministry. And the first thing that happens is he's following the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness, a place without resources and a place of danger, a place of isolation, a place of seclusion. And he was led there by the Holy Spirit for the purpose of being tempted of the devil, by the devil. Now, Jesus was tempted many times. Um, we, we read about some of those temptations. And the Bible even tells us that he was tempted in every way, but without sin. So every time he faced a temptation, he handled it righteously. Every time something was poured into his container, he filtered it through faith and it either got into his heart if it was righteous or it didn't get into his heart if it wasn't righteous. And therefore, his actions reflected that. So he was tempted in every way, but without sin. Here, he's tempted by the devil, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now, this is just hilarious to me every time I read it, because he didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights, and really, like, we need to know he was hungry? I mean, <laughs> I, think, I think that's obvious. I think we're clear on that. Like, like, it's like, you know, he didn't eat for four hours, and he was hungry. I'm with you on that. 40 days? Like, of course he's hungry. Now, the tempter came and begins to talk to him, the tempter being Satan. Now, think about this. Here, Jesus is about to go into what we would call his earthly ministry. Um, he's just been baptized and the Father's pleased with him. This is Satan's chance to get Jesus before he really gets going maybe before he gets stronger, before other people are aware of really who he is. And like, this is Satan's chance. This is Satan throwing his best pitch at Jesus because this is his opportunity to take Jesus out, just like he did with Adam and Eve, just like he did with everybody since Adam and Eve. This is his best chance. This is his best pitch. This is Jesus. He's going to be tempting here. 
Now, before we get into this, I want to say in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, we're told that all the temptations, all that this world has to throw at us, all of these noodles that could be poured into our jar come down to really three categories. Lust of the flesh, pride of life, and lust of the eyes. It's 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. And so Satan here is about to throw Jesus his best temptation pitch and he's going to cover all three of these categories. He's going to cover every temptation that you have ever faced, that I have ever faced, that we ever will face on this earth. Everything that the world has to offer is about to come at Jesus in the form of a temptation and Jesus is going to have to respond. Here this is Satan's best pitch. It says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now this is not fair. This is not fair. Jesus is hungry. <laughs> like it's been 40 days. And Satan's like, if you really are the son of God, then go ahead and produce some food for yourself. Satan is tempting Jesus with provision. Uh. He's saying, listen, you, you have, if you're the son of God, you have the power to make stones become bread and satisfy what you want, satisfy what you need, give the provision that you are lacking right now. And, and man, this has jumped out at me for so long. I, I believe there's so many believers, so many Christians that, that have been tempted in this way and they've taken the bait. They've turned the stones into bread to fulfill the provision that they needed in that moment. See, see, the truth of the matter is, Jesus is not about to die from starvation. He, he knows. He studied the scripture. He knows he is not going to die of starvation. He knows he's going to be crucified. So this temptation is not about life or death. This temptation is about provision. This temptation is about, am I willing to delay my gratification to obey God or am I so full of my flesh and so hungry and so desirous that the, any provision I can get, I will take? Let, let me put it in today's terms. God, I just need a job. I'm willing to go do whatever you want, whatever, whatever, not whatever you want me to do, because that would actually be right. But, but, but God, I'm willing to do anything I can just to earn some money. And if that means my relationship with you suffers, if that means I disobey you, if that means I'm turning some stones into bread when you didn't tell me to, I'm willing to do that. And I believe that there are so many Christians that sacrifice God's best because they, they grab a hold of Satan's now. The temptation of now. And, and listen, we can all understand that, right? Like in our country, in our time, like we get everything now. We're used to now. But God doesn't operate in that society, in that culture, in that way. God is a God, you know, they, they say, I didn't grow up in church, but, I, but I've heard that this is like, you know, one of those, those old church sayings, like God's, God's never late. He's always on time. Well, how's it go? He's always there when you need him. I, he may not come, that's what I was thinking of. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. He's never on my time, but I guess he's always on time, <laughs> right? 
maybe I should have asked before I got up here to, um, thank you for that. <laughs> but, but, but like, this is not fair. Jesus is hungry. And this first temptation is to fulfill that hunger. This is coming at the lust of the flesh. This is a temptation to provide. This is a temptation of provision. And Jesus could have done this. And today you can do this. You have the ability, you have the opportunity to do this. You have the opportunity to step ahead of God, what God wants you to do and how God wants to provide for you to take the bait, the temptation of providing for yourself of figuring out what you want to do and how you should make money and what will make you happy in providing in that way. No, let me read this. Let me read this. It says in verse 4, but he answered, it is written. He answers with the word. Every time Jesus is tempted, he answers with the word. He responds with the word. I was having a conversation um, a couple days ago with a friend and we were talking and we were actually talking about history and I'm not a history buff by any means, but, but he knows a lot about history. And so I asked him a question about uh, American history and, and he goes, huh, well, let me think. And then he starts telling me something about um, history in another country. I was like, no, 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 I mean in the US. And he's like, oh, well, I was scrolling through my historical Rolodex in my mind and I don't find anything that corresponds to that in the United States. And, and I was just like, man, the fact that you got to historical Rolodex in your mind is really impressive. <laughs> it's really impressive to me, but, but it, it reminds me that we should have a scriptural Rolodex, at least if we don't have it yet in our mind, we, we have it on our phones. We have it on our iPads. We have it in the Word. So when those temptations come, when, 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 the, when, the, when the noodles are poured in and, and you're trying to figure out what stays and what goes, you got to go through the, 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 the scriptural Rolodex in your mind or on your phone to find out what is God saying about this. That's exactly what Jesus is doing here. He's saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus not only knew what the word said, but he knew how to apply the word. He, he knew what to do with the word. He didn't just have these scriptures that were just in his mind, but he didn't know what to do with them and didn't, didn't apply them in any way. He's simply applying these to the temptation that is brought his way. This temptation of provision, this temptation that covers the lust of the flesh, Jesus responds with revelation. He responds with revelation. And see, when we're tempted with provision, when we're tempted with uh, lust of the flesh, things that you desire and you want now, we need to respond through the word, specifically revelation. See, when you think you need money, when you think you need to turn this stone into bread, <laughs> what you actually need is revelation. You don't actually need money. The, the, the other saying, you can... You can um, you can feed a man with a fish, but if you teach him to fish, you feed him for like, golly. Yeah, y'all know that. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, like you, you think you need money, but if you just got the money, I, I can guarantee you this. You're going to spend that money. The reason you need money is because you didn't handle it correctly the first time you got it. Now, there's some exceptions to that. But if we're truly honest, most of the time, it's because we didn't have a revelation of what God wanted us to do with that money. I mean, even it's not beyond money, just flesh, things that we want, 
things that we desire that are not from God or not in God's timing. Because God wanted Jesus to eat. It just wasn't yet time. We have to respond, not of our flesh, but out of revelation. Revelation is the response that Jesus gives here. It's the thing that when all of this was poured into his container and he filtered it through faith, what came out was revelation. What stayed in Jesus was the word. It was revelation. And that's what he needed and that's how he responded. Let's look at the next one. Then in verse 5 of Matthew chapter 4, it says, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. So now Satan takes him and he uh, elevates him to a different position, the pinnacle of the temple. So this would be the corner of the temple. This is where the priest would, would call all the crowds together to worship. So Jesus is now, he's able to, to see this in a different way. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Here, now Satan's like, okay, you use the word? Cool, I'll use the word. <laughs> Satan's like, all right, I see the game that you're playing. It is written, so now let me tell you what's written. It's not good enough to just know what the Bible says. You need to know how to apply it to your life. You need to be able to hear from God in a moment to know which way to go. And Satan is attacking that here. Here, this is an attack on protection. This is an, a, 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 a temptation of protection. This is a, a, an attack on the pride of life. And so what Satan's saying here is, okay, we're in this position. Let me take you to a different position, give you a different perspective. And now, you know, God loves you so much. He's, he, you want to give me the word, I'm going to give you the word. He loves you so much. And so you could do anything and, and he'll protect you. You can live recklessly and he'll protect you. You can not wear a mask and get two feet from each other and give hugs and high fives and he'll protect you. I don't really know about the mask thing. You got to get with you and God about that. I don't know. I don't, somehow that's become a political thing. I still don't understand all that. I just know our city has said you got to wear a mask, so you got to wear a mask. I, I don't know. But you, you, you think you can live recklessly and God will just protect you. You, you. you think that you can willingly live any kind of way that you want and God will just continue to bless and prosper and everything will be all right. Wherever this is coming from, essentially what it boils down to is the pride of life. And these things are being poured in. <clears throat> you, they're getting into your eyes and into your ears, into your thoughts. They're coming in, they're coming in, they're coming in. And you got a decision to make. Are you going to pour all of this into the jar? Does it all go in there? Can you find scriptures that will justify you making mistakes and God still protecting you and loving you and blessing you? Absolutely. But are you using revelation? Are you applying them in the right way to know, like, hey, I already decided I'm going to do this and ask for forgiveness. I'm not going to ask for permission. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. Like, you've already decided. Your heart, something's happened in your heart where you believe you can live recklessly and God will bless it. Or, here's what we do at Faith for Life. This is who we are. We use this filter of faith to then pour all of this thought process and all of these temptations through this filter again 
and we catch all of that junk again. And we say, no, 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 that's not getting in our heart. That's not getting in our heart. Only thing that's getting in our heart is this water. The righteousness. The, the, God's word. We're going to take these temptations, these thoughts, we're going to filter them through faith. Through the faith of the word and faith of Christ, the faith that God has given to us, the faith that we have studied and begin to understand because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word that, that we will filter everything, every temptation through that and only, only thing that gets in our hearts is righteousness. Here, this is the pride of life. This is a, a temptation of protection and Jesus responds. He says, uh, in verse 7, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus responds with restraint. He responds with restraint. See, when you're tempted to take your protection in your own hands, our response when it's filtered through faith needs to be restraint. The Lord avenges. The Lord is the one who takes care of you. The Lord is the one who protects you. He's the one that puts the hedge around you. He's the one that sends his angels to watch over you. You, 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 don't, you don't live recklessly and, and just pour all of that junk into your heart and think that God is still going to love you and bless you and do all the things that, that he promises. Yes, he, you cannot separate yourself from his love. But at some point, you begin to hinder the power in your life. You begin to hinder his protection in your life when you get out ahead of him and you begin to do things that he never told you to do. The response here to the temptation of protection is restraint. Remember, after Jesus filtered the first one, it was revelation. Now, after he filters it through the, faith, the filter of faith here, it is restraint. Let's look at one more. In, in verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. So now he brings him up to a higher perspective. And we all know if you go up to a higher perspective, then you're able to see farther. You're able to see a greater distance. We all know that. Takes him up to a higher mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Now, I love this because it says that the devil took him. And one of the things I have written in my Bible is, is Satan takes you places and God leads you places. If you feel like you're being drugged or pushed, it's probably not God. God doesn't operate that way. God leads us. God invites us. God never forces us. Satan took him on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Here, this is the lust of the eyes. Let me show you all of this that could be yours. And all you got to do is just fall down and worship me right here in this moment. This is the temptation to have power now. This is the temptation to rule now. Now, let's think about this. Jesus has been tempted with food. He's been tempted with protection. And now he's being tempted with um, uh, power. So provision, protection, and power. Satan's saying, right now, I'll give you provision. I'll give you protection. I'll give you power. And Jesus, let's, let's think about what we know about Jesus' life. Jesus is going to have provision. He's going to have food. If you don't know, in a couple verses, God sends his angels down and they minister to him, meaning he, he gets the provision. He lives his life in protection, with God's protection, just like you and I do. And the power, remember? Do you remember? After Jesus dies and rises again, 
we're told in Philippians 2 that his name is above every name and every knee will bow so, so think about this think about this Satan is tempting what Satan's really tempting Jesus with is just a right now all of these things are already Jesus's that they're already in his future they're already in his presence like they're already his this is a timing issue this is a who you're gonna listen to issue this is a temptation issue to get away from what God is leading you to do and when he's leading you to do it and it is the same thing for us today everything and anything that this world tries to tempt you with is already yours it's just are you gonna grab it your way Satan's way or God's way when these things are poured into your mind and into your heart when all this junk comes in are you are you gonna just pour it in are you gonna keep all of it or are you gonna use this filter of faith and say God revelation restraint and reverence that's what I'm gonna be that's who I'm gonna be that's what I'm gonna do and I'm not letting that in I'm not letting that in. Jesus responds here. Of course, he's Jesus. He gets it right. I already told you he was tempted in every way, but he, he never sinned. He, he, he responds here. He says, then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. You know, if he'd have said that in the beginning, Satan would have had to leave. You know, if you say that in the beginning, Satan's got to leave. You know, this is in here for us. But you don't have to go through three temptations or a representation of every temptation before you tell Satan to get out you can do this at the beginning be gone Satan he, he, he says be gone um, for it is written you shall again he responds with the word you shall worship the Lord your God and him only him only shall you serve him only shall you serve so after Jesus has this temptation poured into him and he filters it through faith and it's poured out he responds with reverence reverence for God reverence man this is who we are we filter our lives through faith through faith and in that filter we respond with revelation we respond with restraint we don't have to have everything right now our way in our timing because I know whatever I'm tempted with now if I take it now from Satan or if I take it myself it will only be a piece of bread that might satisfy me in this moment but if I will restrain myself and, and live out of revelation and reverence then I may not have that piece of bread right now but there will be a day very soon where I will have something that will fulfill me and sustain me for eternity I will be able to drink from a well that never runs dry I'll be able to eat bread that makes me never hungry again I, it will be so much better to wait and do it God's way than to force it now and do it my way or Satan's way This reverence that Jesus responds with after it's filtered through faith is a reverence that we need to get back to. Now, I got it. We can lift our hands in here. We can worship. We know how to sing the songs, even without the screens up right now. Like, we, we, we understand that. We, can, we know how to do that. But how are we living our lives? We need to live our lives in reverence. Why are we 
studying the scriptures and why are we doing these things? Are we doing it just so we can know more, so we can have more? Are we, are we seeking God to be able to reverence him and worship him more? We need to get to a place as believers where our desire is, yes, to know God, but to reverence him, to worship him, to worship him outside of a song and outside of a time, but to worship him in every moment. Man, this sums up all the temptations that we all are going to face, the lust of the flesh, which is the temptation here of provision specifically, filtered through faith, Jesus responds with revelation. Then the pride of life, with the temptation of protection, filtered through faith, Jesus responds with restraint. And then the lust of the eyes, with the temptation of power, Jesus, as it's filtered through faith, responds with reverence. Who, who are we at Faith for Life? This is our first value, it's faith. We filter our lives through faith. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.